This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In In the the city city of destiny. Hi, Candace. <laughs> so last week we had John Hines, candidate for District 1, and this week we have his opponent, Nate Lover. So this gives you an opportunity, dear listeners, to compare and contrast these two candidates running for position one council in Tacoma. Listen in. All right. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. We're here today with Nate Lover. He's running for District 1 on the Tacoma City Council. Hi, Nate. Hi, Candace. How are you? I'm doing great. So before we start, I wanted to tell people that I work for Workforce Central, and you are on the Workforce Development Council, but you don't have any kind of like oversight, like it's kind of like an adjacent advisory body to Workforce Development. That is correct. Yeah. We, we oversee and kind of help guide the shape of, um, well, developing the workforce, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you oversee the communications and make sure the work that we're doing is out there in the community. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any hiring or firing authority over me, basically, is what I'm what I'm getting at here. This is correct. <laughs> so I can, we are properly siloed. Good. Perfect. So I can just be really hard on you. That's fine. And you're like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So, Nate, tell us about yourself. Well, um, I've lived out here uh, in uh, the Tacoma area for 25 years. Lived in the first district for the last 17 years. I've got uh, three kids. Uh, one starts at TCC tomorrow, Ooh. which I'm super excited about. She's all spending all afternoon packing, making sure she's got the right pens and everything oh, and her schedule down, right? <laughs> um, my son goes to Sammy. Uh, he's a junior up there at uh, at the zoo. And I think it's his long game plan to tell whatever progeny he has that he went to high school at a zoo. That's and I think cool. he loves the programs and everything, but I think it's just like a big, huge inside joke that he's going to be thrown down in about 15 to 20 years. <laughs> so, And then uh, last, uh, my, my daughter, uh, youngest daughter, uh, goes to stadium. Uh, she's a freshman there uh, doing the band thing and going to be involved in the theater uh, later on. But she's taken these classes. Uh, you've heard about the uh, the nurse academy yes. that they have there. She's in that program. Oh, that's so cool. And this is the first year for that, right? Or uh, was it last year? It like, I think it's the second year. Yeah. But I, as I was leaving to come down here, she was talking to one of her friends about it. And she's like, this is really awesome. I forgot that I signed up for it, but that's incredible. That's so, awesome. So it's really good. And then my, my wife, Alicia, uh, she works for the school district. She's in um, like the maintenance building construction and does special projects over there uh, with nutrition services. It's kind of a hodgepodge of things that she does with the district. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's working on her master's degree. So cool. early this year, you know, it's a great idea. Hey, honey, while you're working on your your MBA, let's uh, let's talk about me running for office. So <laughs> Let's kick this up a notch. <laughs> We're not doing anything else that's important. Three kids, two dogs and a cat and, uh, you know, general household stuff. But yeah, let's do this. So, right. so we're all all in. You might as well just adventure. get all the really busy, crazy shit out of the way at one time. Absolutely. Yeah, I one, get it. One, you know, and, and uh, for the both of us, by the end of this year, you know, the campaign will be done. She'll be just about done, I think, with her MBA. Cool. And so it's just, it's looking good. Good. Um, so what do you do 
in your professional life? Uh, my professional life, it's the best. I get to go and be in the community and connect people. My title is political director for Laborers International Union of North America Local 252. Cool. Um, we shorten that to Lyuna because mm -hmm. it's a mouthful otherwise. Yeah. Um, and so I help work on policies that impact uh, 2,000 and then in peak season up to 2,500 hardworking women and men in nine different counties across uh, western, central western Washington. Cool. So um, it's, a, it's a great job. I, I love it. I get to see a difference in people's lives, whether it's working on how we build an apprenticeship program and build those pathways to get um, some of the disconnected youth into jobs mm -hmm. that they're literally doing better. Mm -hmm. So Developing that workforce. <laughs> Thumbs up there. So where are you originally from? I was born in Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. So oh, it's wow. like, hey, that's kind of cool. Christina Walker is also from Minnesota, I believe. I know right? she's... She's running, also running for city council, and I'm just like always marveling over how many Tacomans are actually from Minnesota. It's part of, I think, uh, the path, the Norwegian path. I know mm -hmm. that uh, Christina traces herself back to Norway, and I think I'm fifth or sixth generation Norwegian on my maternal mother's, my maternal's mom's side. So nice. So it's kind of cool. So um, my parents got divorced when I was young, uh, like second grade. Suddenly, we're living with grandma and grandpa back in Rochester, and it was kind of a weird time and uh, at one point uh, we were in front of a judge and the next thing we knew that we were back living with dad mm -hmm. and then uh, he moved out to Kettle Falls to be a high school principal up there and that's how we ended up in Washington State the the court said well you know he can take three of the four boys uh, we were uh, four boys in our family mm -hmm. and moved out to Kettle Falls where I graduated from Colville High School in 1994 nice so Right on. All right. Yeah. So uh, have you run for office before? I have not run for public office before. So first timer. First timer. What has it been like so far? Um, I've been really uh, keeping track of the thickness of the soles of my shoes mm. and making sure I'm switching those out so that they don't get worn too thin. There's been a <laughs> few close calls. I had to take them to the proctor cobbler to have him fix them up. And I just love the fact that I can talk about a cobbler in uh, the 21st century. It's kind of yeah. cool, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's been great going out and just talking with my neighbors. I mean, literally, I lived in this neighborhood for 17 years, and now I'm meeting all sorts of great neighbors, finding out that some of the people that I just love and adore in Tacoma do live in my dis in the district, and we have some great conversations. Cool. So I'm really enjoying it. Good. So why did you decide to run now? So it's been this juxtaposition of a lot of different things coming together. Um, I... I Spent a good good amount of time back in 2009 to 2016 uh, building and helping to put together a coalition to uh, put in paid sick leave mm. uh, here in Tacoma and finding the right, I guess, the right formula to make it work for Tacoma. Seattle had passed theirs. Um, it, it, President Obama had said, we need to do this during a State of the Union address. And like two weeks later is when Tacoma passed theirs. We were the 12th city in the country to do that. Wow. And it included not just for um, for sick leave, but also for domestic violence, uh, safe leave uh, mm -hmm. for victims of that and uh, bereavement, which was kind of a unique thing that said, hey, if you need time off to take care of just your 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 own being because somebody close to you died, 
here's you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but working on policy stuff like that, uh, so kind of wonky. But then again, I also um, for a period of time when folks would call into two one one, which is kind of nine one one for social services. Yeah. It's run by the United Way of Pierce County. Um, I would be getting calls uh, from folks who needed help with just a little bit, like. I need money to pay my light bill. Mm. Um, I need money to to just just get my rent paid, or or just 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 little things, groceries, mm. um, diapers, things like that. And um, that was during the the you know the the Great Recession of well, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Back then, right mm. when we we took that nosedive, um, and I started to see that some of these issues, the um, the lack of you know, folks being able to manage these things um, and all the work that I could do being a board member of the United Way, all the work I could do being on the Workforce Development Council. There's other systemic issues that need to be approached. We need to look at things like our historic redlining and mm. and things like that. And the best way to do that is to roll up your sleeves and get involved in actually, you know, being the person that takes those votes on the city council. Mm-hmm. Right. So. so why District 1 and not one of the at-large seats? You know, that was one of the thoughts, uh, conversations that I had extensively with with Alicia and with with my my folks that we talked to. We really wanted to see a woman run in the first district and going to women leaders up there saying, hey, would you be interested in running for city council? And they was like, no, no, I just don't <laughs> want to do it. Um, and Tacoma needs more of a diverse uh, city council. Mm-hmm. And so we had talked about citywide, but I would much rather see um, uh, somebody else that doesn't look like me or have my education or things like that run for um, those citywide spots. Okay. But after getting all those no's in the first district, it's like, okay, well, we're going to just we have to do this. We really have no choice. So let's get this going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of the theme of this election year has been everyone's really surprised that so few people are running. And so, I mean, there I think two people of color running for Tacoma City Council and two only two women running, mm-hmm. which was really surprising. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think everyone thought, I don't know, maybe just given the state of politics that we're in in this country and all the turnover that's happening right now on the council that more people would run. But they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that secret sauces is to to encourage more people to run right but i think in part it's it's having just that awareness in the community being out and engaging voters in a regular year-round type basis mm-hmm. um and we've got some great organizations that can do that with their membership um you know with 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 city club the league of women voters the the respective uh, political parties in the community channel 253 channel 253 um citizen tacoma could, uh-huh. you know just keeping that that engagement going mm-hmm. yeah all right so what are the top 3 issues facing tacoma 1 and then the top 3 issues facing your district district 1 and what are kind of some of the outlines of your plans to address those problems? Okay, um, I think what I've what I've seen when I've talked with folks, um, it's been you know pretty consistent. Uh, folks are are concerned about our housing affordability crisis, even so, in the North End. Even in the North End, mm-hmm. um, there it's like they they see that there's not enough housing mm-hmm. uh, where we're short, you know, a couple thousand units right now, and it's only going to get short right like we're going to end up being short more units as more neighbors move in in the next 20 years we're going to get our fair share of about 1.8 million people 
that are going to be spread between Kitsap, Snohomish, King, and Pierce counties. Makes and me want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, so you know we have to we have to prepare for that. Right. And um, so we've got that. Um, so for housing affordability, and included with that is the fact that we need to make sure that folks are able to get jobs here in yes. our community, so that they're not part of the seventy percent that commute outside of our county mm-hmm. for these things. So let's let's work on that that workforce development piece, mm-hmm. um, so that we're we're keeping people here. Um, and they're able to live and work in in the community. So they have ownership of it, mm-hmm. and we're not just a bedroom community. Right. Um, two is maintaining and modernizing our infrastructure. Everybody, you know. So what's the? I would say not everybody, but like seventy five percent. What's the number one thing on your mind when you think about the city? Those potholes, right? Yeah. So, but sexy potholes. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It <laughs> it's. Uh, but I, I like to talk to them about just our overall infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our sanitary sewer and our stormwater system, which are some pretty amazing stuff. I want to see the water that comes out of those two systems be as clean as possible when it hits Commencement Bay. And yeah. and I think we can do that. Um, and while we're modernizing it and making sure that we've got the capacity for our new neighbors and the new developments that we're going to be doing, um, let's put apprentices to work on that. Let's hire Tacomans to mm-hmm. do that work, uh, which goes back to that jobs piece. Let's mm-hmm. let's as we're working on Tacoma, let's make sure we're using our tax dollars to stabilize our own community. Mm-hmm. And we can even go as uh, it's my understanding that uh, they've done this in other jurisdictions in the state and other places around the country where you say, okay, well, if you're going to be doing this work, these are the zip codes that your dispatch halls have to call out of first. Right. And so we had a great study that came out of the council uh, last year, the uh, disparity study. And it, surprise, lists the zip codes that have the need for that. Mm -hmm. So we can sit there and we can go through that and we can – you know, add that. So maintain and modernize the infrastructure, have Tacomans do it, and put apprentices to work on there. So if we're making a better Tacoma for now, let's build our workforce for tomorrow at the same time. Right. I think, sorry, uh, is that, so I think, didn't the city have, and I can, I'm like struggling to remember the acronym. I think it was LEAP. And it's like something Mm -hmm. about making sure that when there's a city project or going on, or something like that going on, that some at least like some proportion of the apprentices or people on the job are from certain zip codes in Tacoma. Is that still going on to your knowledge? The, yeah, well, that's yes. They passed those changes right. last year, yes, and it also included um, uh, parts on there for I think like tribal utilization, like bringing in the Puyallup tribe and stuff like that. I actually sit on that leap committee. Okay, um, so, leap. So, I was yeah, right. Okay. You're right. You're, <laughs> as far as what leap's acronym is. Something, something, no something idea. apprenticeship program, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, there, there, there's that. And um, just really enforcing, enforcing that. They have not had a strong enforcement mechanism right. for that program. So it's a good idea. And it's a good idea that just becomes an incredibly strong strongly worded suggestion. Right. So, yeah. I think so. I remember that, that it was, they were kind of, they passed that because in the past they'd had some like requirements, but they weren't strong enough, and the it, the numbers weren't happening. Like right. people weren't actually being hired from those zip codes, and or not enough people mm-hmm. um, who really need it. Um, yeah, and so and that I wanted to ask you about that seventy percent number. Yeah, the last I heard, I think it was like forty eight percent. Was it forty eight percent? Yeah, but I don't know okay. if you if you might have more up to date data than I do. No, I probably don't have okay. more up to date data than you do. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think it's about like the last in two thousand sixteen. I think was the last time. That study was done. It was about like forty-eight percent of Pierce County residents commute elsewhere for work. So okay, it could, it could be more by now. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's so housing affordability, uh, employment in Tacoma, keeping people here, developing yeah. the workforce. Um, what about for District 1? Um, District 1, I, th- I think we can go back to f- the – the infrastructure piece, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, we, infrastructure. In, too, right. Infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? So the the potholes and and things like that, folks. Folks in the first district, um, we have a lot of arterials. You know that there's a state highway that runs through the district to get to the ferry dock. Um, and what what voters are saying up there? I was just talking with um, uh, this guy, retired carpenter. His name's Ron. Lives right on. Uh, just the north end of Pearl Street there, like 4,400 block there. And he was talking to me about how fast people go down that arterial. Yeah. And that's a big deal, uh, whether it's up there on, on North Pearl Street or if it's up on North Visher or or the backside of the zoo. There's that big hill down mm-hmm. um, that goes down. Uh, was that that's um, – it's not Mullen. It's the other M1. But it goes down there to um, – to 51st there and there's that speed bump on the bottom and, yeah. and um that's where I take my dogs to the dog park yeah, over there yeah. yeah so the youths these days will get in their cars and they'll just speed they down fly. that high that hill hit that speed bump and they'll get air and they'll <laughs> just do that I've talked with numerous people around there so there's there's a lot of concern mm-hmm. um about just the driving habits of the people within our district mm-hmm. um and the folks that are going through there um and it was the same thing on North 30th near uh, near Union. There was a neighbor that was – she was on her bike and she got hit. And, and it was it was pretty pretty brutal. So there's mm. – you know, uh, and I know that uh, the, the folks that I talked to about this there, they're like, you know, they're, they're already – they're talking with Anders and they're talking um, with Christina because, you know, Christina uh, Walker is mm. part of the um, – uh, the t- downtown on the go, and and part of that is you know walkability and being able to be safe if you're on a bike or you're walking and things like that. And I, I, the statistic that um, that I heard was about once every ten days there's a pedestrian that's hit in Tacoma. Wow! So definitely you know that type of safety is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think she I think she said that on the podcast actually. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so what are I mean? Do you think it's more speed bumps or more like real crosswalks, lighted, painted crosswalks, or what are some things we can do to that's help a, people so not be that's crazy? That's a great question. <laughs> it, it becomes like a social awareness campaign, you know, just like, gosh, uh, the best thing. What, what's one that comes to mind that's dare? regional? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, maybe not dare. Uh, uh, Puget Sound Partnership had um, the uh, Scoop the Poop. Campaign, right? Something like that. I mean, we just need to be. uh, So there's a there's a there's an element of community education. Mm -hmm. You know, just slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you see these reminders pop up. Drive like your kids live here. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, slow down. Things like that that can do that. And there's some abatement things that you can do as far as like roundabouts and bump outs, um, speed bumps, not so much because a lot of these are arterials right? and, right, right. and you have emergency vehicles that go down there. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just don't like an idea of a fire truck having to go someplace really fast and hitting bumps. Yeah, that sounds really scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, and, you know, spot enforcement might be another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways I, we've driven around Europe and one of the ways that, uh, that we're always reminded to stay, you know, within reasonable speeds is that they have uh, robo cameras, yeah. right? And they send you tickets, kind of like we have red light tickets, but they can do it for speeding. Yeah. And so, surprise! Five months after you get back, you get a ticket in the mail for speeding. You know, mm. that's a pretty 
impactful way to to get that type of enforcement done. We so. should have that. I mean, we know red light cameras work, I yeah. mean, especially in the places where we have them in Tacoma. I mean, unfortunately, everyone knows where the, all the ones are in Tacoma, so they know how to avoid them, but yeah. they are effective. Yeah. So so I, in, ideally, we do it so that it's designed so that it's done in-house, right? As mm-hmm. the, the red light cameras, those tickets go to like Arizona where they're processed and then they come right. back. I think we could probably put a Tacoma or two to work um, in that department by doing that. Yes. Yes. Is that something that that's, that's a really good point. Cause the city does a lot of like, it's a huge city. They have to do a lot of like third party contracts for Mm -hmm. doing things like that. Like, you know, I don't know, bill collecting and that sort of thing. But is that something that you would try to take a a harder look at? Like how can we possibly put Tacoma people to work doing these things? You know, that's part of the contracting. Um, If you, we look at a, Priority hire or priority contracting for Tacoma businesses, like especially women and minority-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. There was a task force um, looking at that, that we had some of those discussions on. Our, our core conversation was on priority hire and community workforce agreements, yeah. so more construction-type stuff. But there were some um, minority and women-owned businesses or MWBE conversations that went on there, like – you know where are the contracts going? And if we look at the disparity study, they're not going to MWBEs, right. and it's actually kind of a big area that we could work in, on improving. Right, absolutely. Um, so a lot of and District One sounds like a lot, the housing affordability is still an issue that you're hearing at the mm-hmm. door. Uh, safety in terms of not like public safety necessarily, but infrastructural safety and just being able to be safe walking and biking around. Yeah. Um, anything else you're hearing a lot of when you're beating your shoe leather? Yeah. Um, the the last part is um, you know just uh, mental health services, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge. I mentioned my daughter in the intro. Um, I'm super proud of her for you know starting college uh, tomorrow and. With that, uh, she's made it through high school, dealing with all the things that high school teenage women deal with these days, plus working on navigating anxiety and depression. Mm. And one of the things that I noticed with that is that she's not – it's really difficult for her to get an appointment just to talk with a counselor. If it's been a while, it can be up to like six weeks. And even after getting that appointment, it's like four to five weeks with you know little asterisks that says if something opens up call me and I'll go in earlier. Mm. So we just need a more robust mental health services. If we can't maintain and help people before there's a crisis, um, we're doing a disservice to Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really that's a really good point. And was she she wasn't looking like like you're not talking about like counselors at school. Right? You're talking about like mental health counselors like yeah, in like, Tacoma. Just a psychologist. Yeah. Um, last year I was looking for a therapist and mm-hmm. I could not find anyone in Tacoma that was taking new patients. Yeah. So I ended up going to Steelacum. Um, but that was like it's a in rush hour traffic and you know five yeah. p.m. It's like kind of hard to get out there in time for the appointment and everything. But Absolutely. that's an issue I've heard a lot of that we just don't have enough people providing those services, taking new clients, taking the kinds of insurance that people have. Yeah, that sort of thing. It's a big deal, and again, that goes to encouraging people to go into that and and offering you know maybe just a broader understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anxiety is a real thing. Yeah, it's not a just like hey, suck it up, kid. Like every once in a while, you have to do that, but th- that's not a natural state to be in. No, that, so no, absolutely not. And congratulations to your daughter for 
doing everything she's done and getting through high school and going to college while while dealing with all of that. It's admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what would you I mean, what's some what are some things that like a city councilman could do to help the mental health strain and the strain on the system and also mm-hmm. the lack of availability of services in Tacoma? So I think there's a couple of things. Tacoma made a very good step a couple of years ago and they passed a one-tenth of one percent sales tax that funds chemical dependency and mental health services. And it's been super good for our community. We've um, so there's that. Mm. Um, it also helped recently with the um, being able to retain some of the sales tax revenue uh, to be able to put into that affordable house to the trust fund for housing, right? right? So, so we were able to leverage that. Um, so that's helpful. We can look at it on a workforce development side as well. I'm sensing a theme here. Um, <laughs> um, you know, training and encouraging um, students and and folks to 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 go into those fields mm-hmm. and and. Also, to just be frank and open about it mm-hmm. um, with with people when we have these conversations, destigmatize our conversation around mental health. I think is 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 a, a big thing a city council member can do mm-hmm. um, for that. Um, and then just encouraging, you know, you know, more more services to be, you know, centered here. Right. So. Right. Which is what we need with all kind of jobs and businesses. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you think that, I mean, you've been pretty frank on your Twitter too about like mental health issues mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Do you think that kind of thing changes when you're a city councilman? If you, you know, if you're elected. As far as being, continuing to be vocal? Feeling and, like you can be like vocal and frank I, I, about that I think even be, being more vocal and more franker. <laughs> more um, franker. Um, I mean, there's, in, in that, that's just uh, been been kind of recent for me. I, I I have anxiety and and it's partner depression. It's like having some twins there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it does it does cycle. There's good times. There's bad times. Um, but uh, through podcasts, hey, hey. Uh, I've been learned to like just become familiar with it and and deal with different coping strategies mm-hmm. and to, to work through those things. Be able to say, nope, not going to do this today. Um, or, you know, I just have to kind of go through it today and mm-hmm. it'll be what it'll be on the other end, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a a, na- a native, um, a, a guy who grew up in uh, the SeaTac area who has, is my favorite depression podcast, uh, the wonderful world, uh, the hilarious world of depression. Oh, wow. I didn't know there were like depression podcasts. That's yes. so niche. <laughs> and so, well, he, uh, his name's John Moe. Cool. He used to be on KUOW and it was great on there. Then his wife got a great job in Minnesota. So it's, it's kind of funny because he now lives in St. Paul and he does this podcast. Well, he gets all these creatives on there like um, Patton Oswalt wow. and, and comedians and Nico Case has been on there and they talk frankly about the intersection of creativity and anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and how that is in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's really interesting. Yeah. So good. Those are some different answers than we've heard in the past too. Um, I know I think the North End and West End probably have some slightly different issues that are top of mind mm-hmm. compared to the city as a whole right now? Or do you think that's true? Is that what you're finding at the door? Or Yeah, it was just depending upon which pocket of the West End you're on. There's folks that have concerns about about view heights and how tall mm-hmm. trees and vegetation is, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the um, 
you know, just general density issues and things like that, that that folks are concerned about, and rightfully so. Our city's growing. It's changing. There's new neighbors moving in. Um, so we need to make sure that we're doing that growth in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, especially, you know, building it out where we have some sort of transit infrastructure. It's not ideal right now. Right. But as more neighbors come in, we're going to be able to, you know, build that out and densify those areas, you know, out along 6th Avenue, uh, Westgate, James Center. There's some great stuff going on there that uh, uh, Tacoma Housing Authority is doing in partnership with TCC mm-hmm. um, and the light rail uh, plan to come down South 19th and everything that we can do. I, I think we're – it's an exciting time. Right. So. Yeah. Good point. So – Talking about density, and we asked John, who is your opponent for District 1, mm-hmm. we asked him about Proctor. Uh, he had run in 2015 against Anders Ibsen, and back then Proctor 1 was the huge deal that everyone was asking about. Um, and now we have three kind of six-story apartment buildings in mm-hmm. Proctor. What is your feeling about that I mean, do you have a position on if that's an appropriate amount of growth, or if we should start moving growth into other areas, or and is it something you're hearing about a lot on the campaign trail? Um, when I'm around the Proctor area, absolutely, <laughs> I'm hearing about it on the campaign sure. trail, and it just depends on the door you're at, right? right? I, and, and I'm I am pro density, mm-hmm. and we need to be doing this all across our city. And if right now the place to put some of these some of this stuff is in Proctor, then okay, well, let's put it there and let's also talk about where else we're doing it. That's Mm -hmm. why we're seeing James Center being done. That's why we're seeing these things. Not only is it, I'm a big fan of new neighbors, um, not only is it that, but um, it's just dollar for dollar, it's better for our environment, it's better for our economy uh, to to build up and and densify in those areas. I kind of compare it to... um, I've got three kids. You could maybe apply this to raising pets too. I mean, you, they go through stages mm-hmm. as 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 they grow and develop. And there's some frustrating parts of it, and there's some really good parts. Mm-hmm. You know, if we live in a time in Tacoma right now where change is happening. We've had some great times, but now we're going to need to have some different great times. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the way Tacoma will look will be different, but we can still keep that gritty spirit mm-hmm. and that, that spirit of independence and the spirit of coming together and solving problems and working together. We can still do that regardless of what the, the cityscape looks like. That sounds like a great place to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerdformer podcast on the Channel 253 Network. Coming back from a trip to New Orleans, I had an awesome idea for a topic and a guest for our podcast. So from the air, I reached out to the guest to see if she was interested. I chatted with producer Doug to book time at the Moonyard Studios. By the time I landed at SeaTac, I had a whole episode of Nerd Farmer coordinated and scheduled. And I did it all without having to pay for Wi-Fi, thanks to Alaska's free chat service. Facebook Messenger, iMessage, and WhatsApp are all free when you fly Alaska. When all you have to do is send a couple messages before you dig into your awesome cheese plate, it's an amazing feeling to know you won't have to pay for it. Stay connected when you travel and skip the travel sites. Just head to alaskaair.com and book your ticket. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. All right, we're back. Nate, I heard you just say something very important. What did you just say? I said I'm a member. A member of? 
Channel 253. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And you should also become a member because if you haven't noticed, we have lots of like cool stories being, and by lots I mean two, but they're really good stories, being written by Sean Robinson, who is an incredible reporter, formerly of the TNT. You, If you're a member for $4 a month or $40 a year, you get to see those stories before anybody else. And Sean's a badass and a wordsmith and an amazing reporter. So that's one of many reasons you should become a member. All right. So we were talking about Proctor, density. Um, I think I asked that question to basically ask what side of like the density debate right. in the North End are you on? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're, they're, I believe there are two sides to that to that debate. Or two sides that people I fall mean, on. They, 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 it is, but it's you know there's a there's a, some gray area there too in mm-hmm. far as like stylistically how are you going to do it how are you going to engage the community in that as well but mm-hmm. but yeah yeah pro pro density um, yep. are there places in Tacoma where we should not be focusing on that or where we should be I don't know are there places where it doesn't make sense. Um, I, that's a really good question. In the first district we we do have some pretty. Some areas that um, are a little bit further from transit. I think that's that's why it's a good idea to base this on transit. So, mm-hmm. so probably not in those areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it's more than a fifteen minute walk, right? Uh, that's not where you want to have density. Right. Uh, but but along those transit lines and and kind of in those those areas, mm-hmm. um, hadn't really thought about that. Just really thought about the places that we already have commerce and we already have um, some mixed use facilities or the potential for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. Okay. Um, so I wanted to throw a couple of the big topics in Tacoma right now out there and kind of see where you fall on them. Um, one is my favorite that I haven't gotten to talk about in a while, and it's click. Where are you at with the click issue? So I am a huge fan of publicly, you know, like municipal broadband. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually back at a conference in in D.C. this April, late March, um, it has the wonderful uh, acronym of NOB. Oh, um, that one. And, and <laughs> I was I, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's like the National Workforce Advisory Board or something like National that. National Association of Workforce Boards. There you go. I may have also been there. Perhaps. And yes. I, I sat there and listened. I, see, the thing is, is that in order to go to school, in order to apply for jobs, in order to do basic things within our society today, you need to have access to internet. Mm-hmm. There's no no way around that. That's true. And I think that uh, though it was built for cable television to counter TCI back in the late 90s and uh, in having conversations uh, with folks that were there at the time, it you know it it was a really good idea and it did what it was supposed to do. It slowed the the cost of of cable television and then whoa now we have this infrastructure we can use for internet too mm-hmm. uh america's number one wired city um, there's actually a neon sign that says they're probably somewhere in the archives of the city um anyhow oh god i want that <laughs> <laughs> so um so we have I, so i'm a big fan i think i think it's 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 that important we mm-hmm. saw the study that the pierce county council did recently that right. just said yeah we should probably do that and and when we t- i grew up in colville kettle falls this is very rural areas the only reason that these areas kind of existed um, was because of uh, the the electrification that FDR did and and bringing that up there with with the grand coulee dam and and all that so um, we need to do the same thing 
I think, with with the internet. Mm. So I was so a big fan. What do you think about Rainier Connect? Um, I guess you know taking over. I mean, right now it's we have two ISPs. Soon we'll just have one, and Rainier Connect mm-hmm. will take over more of the cost to improve the infrastructure and all of that. But they'll also be the sole, I guess, leaseholder on the network. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it kind of gives me a little bit of heartburn mm. on it because this is a, a network that was put together and maintained using, um, you know, using tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And as a city, uh, the intent it being a part of a utility, um, from what I understand. And so to sell off that utility to a private company or even just giving it a lease, I don't know what the difference between a 50-year lease or selling off would be, but mm-hmm. that's certainly a long time that they could sweat those assets and basically, um, I don't know, be kind of like having your borrow in your dad's car and running it until there's no gas and leaving it in the garage. I don't know <laughs> if anybody has experience doing that, but I, at the end of the lease, you know, that that could just be the case that we just get this bangled bumped up nothing nothing left that's there to maintain and they made all the money off of it mm-hmm. right so so some heartburn there is there anything that can be done at this point I mean, it seems like they're kind of in the decision past the decision making phase and it's kind of time to sign contracts and that sort of thing um they're still coming up i think on the agenda they haven't moved that far and i don't know what the conversations are in closed sessions on that because right. this is a legal matter mm-hmm. um but i do know that uh, there are some folks out there uh like um like uh, the guy who owns advanced stream mitchell shook uh, mitchell shook that's right thank you he uh uh, he's put forth a lawsuit that says, "Hey, this is this is a public asset, and it needs to, in order for it to be divested, it needs to be voted on by the people. Mm-hmm. Just as if we decided to divest Tacoma Public Utilities, I would never suggest we do that because it provide, but um, it would have to be voted on the people. So I, I think that that he has some really strong arguments there, mm-hmm. and." Um, and we just have to kind of see what the courts do and how that traces with what the city council's doing. Mm-hmm. They're kind of running in parallel right now. Um, and, you know, perhaps if the council's going to make a decision to do that, maybe that judge will intervene and stop it until we can figure out. Um, I think there's a court date coming up in October okay. on that. So, What's your sense of that argument? So basically we're in court right now about Click because uh, – some of TPU's former membership, I think, sued to say, and it's been a long time since I was studying this, but sued to say that it was illegal for it to for ratepayers to be charged with right. the running of Click. Right. What's your yeah? What's your take on that? Um, I know you're not a lawyer, but I, I've been accused of being a lawyer, but that's just a function <laughs> of my last name. No, the there's there's little snippets I think of truth in there, mm-hmm. um, but I. I, I just I disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. All right. Um, so what about the future of land use at the Port of Tacoma? That is going to be basically the next four years on council mm-hmm. um, and making sure that one we're that we're maintaining some of you know, maintaining uh, our industry down there, but also making sure that we're working with the the tribe business labor 
the city and the other stakeholders down there. I, you know, when we say the the port area, only about half of that is actually owned by the Port of Tacoma, right? right? And there's there's some massive projects that need to be cleaned up down there. Um, encourage people to look up the Hooker Chemical Company mm-hmm. and um, the extent of uh, I don't know. You just basically They've gotten can't. a bunch of fines and just yeah, it's, that's it's the one, a, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a horrible mess, and it just it just keeps leaching down into like the bedrock. You know, how do we do that? And we also need to make sure that we're managing the stormwater and things like that off there. So, um, the the place that we're at right now, let's make sure that we're gonna ha- we're gonna start with the slate that everybody's at the table mm-hmm. and that we can have just frank and honest discussions about this. And I know there'll be things that go on in the background and everything. Um, but like what, um, as far as like, um, you know, there's, there's, there'll be folks that, that want to, you know, let's full stop, no more fossil fuels. Um, there'll be folks that say, let's expand fossil fuels. Um, well, what about like a rolling stop and let's transition out of out of this and be talking about what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there are some I've heard some folks wanting to put in you know parks and things down there. I don't know given the nature of the like just the the Hooker property. Um, we probably don't want a bunch of parks down there. Right. So. Well, yeah. What what's, what would a rolling stop entail? Um, well, as we, uh, it would just be uh, decreasing our, our, our reliance on on fossil fuels. I mean, let's let's look at what we're doing. The primary use of that right now is is for transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that we've done in our family, we've we've gotten a hybrid um, minivan, which sounds pretty cool to have a minivan. Pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, but but it's got uh, we can do uh, thirty miles on the battery. And so we, instead of filling up our gas tank every four, 350 miles, mm-hmm. we do it like every 1,500 miles. Mm-hmm. So decreasing the reliance on that um, and, and doing that in a prudent way and making sure. And, and actually, the reason why we got that, this is why I mentioned the, the hybrid, is that there, this, Tacoma Public Utilities negotiated um, pricing for this vehicle with, with some area dealerships. Right. And there was a there was a, a tax rebate that we got on our federal taxes, mm-hmm. so it was a screaming good deal, and we're now saving money on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that you know, as I'm looking t- at vehicles for my kids, uh, they're they're going to get an electric vehicle. It's going to probably be their first car. So that's still in place. Those I guess it's like a deal with TPU and the local dealerships. It might be. Mm-hmm. We got ours, so we stopped tracking it. Right, true. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. But yeah, that's that's innovative. And I guess, I mean, so you are obviously supported by all the unions all over the place in the world. And so is and it— And the Chamber of Commerce. And the Chamber. Wow. So, but is it like hard to take a very aggressive environmental stance on the port because there might be jobs at risk? That's that's where the conversations have to be had about that, right? Um, because when when we look at there's a lot of talk about green economy and green jobs, right? Um, a lot of the skill sets needed for wiring uh, solar panels are the same things that you need 
in the stuff we're doing right now. Nice. Right? Transferable skills. Exactly. Um, one of the examples I like to say is, you know, a, a green, you know, your your auto mechanic could be a green job just by choosing to not use asbestos uh, brakes, brake pads that have asbestos in them, hmm. which surprise. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So so doing, doing things like that mm-hmm. as well. There, there, there's a lot of skills that are transferable. Um, and we need to be be looking for that, and and that's part of the, also with kind of the, the 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 transition away from fossil fuels. You know, there's a lot of steel workers down there mm-hmm. that that work in in the the petroleum refinement stuff, mm-hmm. and so we want to make we we got to make sure that we've we've got them and their their families in mind, and and where you know how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we've watched this happen before in Washington State, right. so. So that's kind of why, like, the hard stop doesn't make sense. It doesn't. That hurts people. Right. I see what you're saying. Um, what about the Northwest Detention Center? That's uh, a hot one. That That is a pretty hot one. Um, and I'm pretty frank with folks that I talk to at the doors on this. Um, in fact, um, just just the other day on my street even. And it, and it's just like, hey, let's let's find creative ways that we can – you know, slow this place down and eventually, you know, get it shut down. And I think we've seen that with um, Attorney General Ferguson's lawsuit on minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Um, If we, you know, um, it is a private site and it's, you know, so we have to be, we have to be careful there, but I think there, there, there are things we can do to do that. I don't know what those are exactly. Um, I had the, horror or privilege or I, I had the opportunity to go down there and watch horror some of the, or or, I, I, it's, it's hard to, to frame it right and right. I, I sat in one of those um, magistrate hearings I they call them courts I that's questionable because it's not a judge that's in front of them right. and um, I was sitting there and there was a, a woman next to me and she had two kids with her you know, that were in there you know, 10 to 13 years old, and there was a, a young man, 18 years old, um, being told, you know, here's your options. You know, you've never been arrested for anything before. Um, you uh, have a clean slate. You're from Central America. Um, we picked you up on like a speeding violation or something like that. I mean, this is like really low-key stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's been down there for weeks already. And they they agreed to let him out on six thousand dollars bail, or, or bond, or something. You know, the, so he'd have to come back mm-hmm. for his hearing. And his, that was his aunt that was sitting next to me, and she was all teary eyed. He was one of the very few folks that had a um, an attorney with them. Uh, and I watched one guy down there. He just said yes to everything, right. and he was. He was deported right there because he didn't have an attorney. He well, that was part of it. Right. He didn't didn't want an interpreter either wow. or anything like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's it, it's a tough tough place down there. So what was the outcome for the young man who had the attorney? Do you know? Um, so six thousand dollars, which is low. Um, his his aunt who was sitting next to me. Um, they didn't have, they weren't, she, she was unbanked. So they didn't have any records of how much money she had. And the mm-hmm. attorney was going to try to prove some sort of hardship to get that lowered. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on average, it's like ten or $15,000 usually. For bail or bond or yeah. whatever. Right? Yeah. So this, so this was much less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was happy. 
the next uh, we went to do a debrief um, downtown and I was parking in front of the post office there on A Street and she actually pulled in behind me so I can only my, my assumption is that she was you know going to the post office to trying to figure out a way to wire money or get money mm-hmm. so that she could go and get her get her nephew Wow so. yeah that's the part we don't hear about too often is just like the amount of bail and the how how people can possibly come up with that amount of money, yeah. especially if you don't have like a house to leverage or Absolutely. huge assets to leverage. Yeah. And, yeah. and the city, um, Councilmember Blocker uh, with the Human Rights Commission was able to, you know, we were able to carve out some funds to help, um, you know, folks legally be supplied with a with an attorney down mm-hmm. there. More needs to be done. I know Councilmember Young at the county uh, has tried and will continue to try to put that into the county budget as well. Mm. So <laughs> that might be a bit of an uphill battle. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you're running against John Hines, as we mentioned. Um, he's a longtime educator. He ran for this position in 2015. Why are you a better pick for this council seat than him? And what would you do differently? Um, so for the last 17 years that I've lived in the district, um, you know, I've rolled up my sleeves and I've actually done some of the work I'm talking about. Ooh, wow, when damn. We're, <laughs> when we're talking <laughs> about homeless prevention, right, and and it's part of the housing affordability issue, right? One of the groups that I volunteer with, I've, I've, I for the last 10 years, I've been in 14 homes helping people um, live uh, healthy, safe, and warm by doing weatherization and minor repairs on their homes. This is through Rebuilding Together South Sound. Mm-hmm. And the you know things like taking out the you know cleaning out their gutters and and doing those repairs or switching out all the light bulbs to being fluorescent lights um this year uh we uh, built a deck for for a couple he'd had like two heart attacks and was just you know having a hard time we put in uh, new windows for them so that they had uh, modern vinyl windows mm-hmm. Um, redid some of the siding, got got the stormwater so it went away from the house, so it wasn't messing mucking up, and you know just just little things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one actually was um, a woman named Edith, and her husband had died probably five or seven years before we were there, and we came in, um, we did all the gardening for her home. It just had gotten too much for her, mm-hmm. and she uh, they they would travel and bring back lilacs, so this was like really a big thing to see like all these memories of these different lilac bushes now being taken care of Mm. Uh, repaired some windows did some weatherization for her and she was just so happy to have this done and I followed up with her son's girlfriend a couple of years later I said hey how's Edith doing she said well she was able to live there for about four more years and then had to downsize into Mm. a smaller smaller place but but doing things like that um, which is part of the, the the housing plan that the city, um, the study that they had released a couple of weeks ago, um, is you know let's let's make sure that we're doing that. So I've rolled my sleeves and I've tell I've people been, stay in their homes. Help, help people stay in their homes, mm-hmm. right? Or to uh, afford staying in their homes or whatever it is that makes it makes the utility bill go down, like the new windows exactly, or whatever. Exactly. Right? Or even if it is when I was with. Um, uh, the Pierce County Labor Council sitting down with folks and going through their utility bill and saying, you know, you've got a 60-gallon 
garbage can here. Let's mm. knock that down to a smaller one so you're saving some money. So I, I've been having those interactions with folks. I've, I've done work on the policy side. I, I We'd mentioned that worked on paid sick leave. I helped to staff um, our members who were on the uh, minimum wage task force mm. um, and really helped help to shape that. Um, so uh, yeah, and and despite even all the work that I've done with the labor community, I've always kept open lines of communication with the Chamber of Commerce, sitting down and talking with Tom about paid sick leave and what does that look like and, and you know, how do we we do these things. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I also have their endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat on the Environmental Services Commission for the city and chaired that for a period of time. Um, so I'm super nerdy when it comes to making sure that the stormwater and our sanitary sewer water that goes back into Commencement Bay is as pristine and as clean as it can be. Yeah, um, clean up your dog poop, people. That's right. Scoop your poop. <laughs> and um, and being able, you know, doing those things. I've mm-hmm. been in the city and outside and just making sure that we're connecting. So and that passion for stormwater, and that's gotten me the endorsement of the Washington conservation voters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned my opponent is a teacher. Um, even got the sole endorsement of the Tacoma Education Association. Just working hard to make sure that we're bringing everybody together to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the conversations are going to be uncomfortable, um, but they're necessary to have. Mm-hmm. So, Right. So what do you think, just quickly, uh, what do you think you would do differently? Like how would you handle this job differently or how would your positions be different? Um, I see myself as looking more towards the future of Tacoma. Um, and not not backwards. I, I just have a strong belief that we have, you know, this this can do gritty attitude. I, I really believe that, and that we only do better when we all work together. And that's that's a that's a big thing. And I live that. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that um, when I'm talking with community uh, different segments of our community, I'm like, well, why isn't this person in this room? Right. And make sure that. Folks are in the room that need to be in the room, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk. We're going to be talking a lot about about equity and inclusion, and making sure that we're being responsible to Tacoma mm-hmm. um, for the next, you know, four, eight, twelve, twenty years. Right. So. All right. Well, anything else? No. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, Nathan. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I dot rude, R-U-U-D at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rude, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.